This one's a sit-down message today because it's nothing I had planned. Um, if I could give this a title, um, I would uh, title this Confessions of a Pastor. That's a scary title, uh, especially for me. Um, this, this last week has been a great week, um, but it's also been a very trying week for me, um, and in ways that may not make sense to you, but I'll try to make sense of them for you. Um, this, this week I've been trying to do a lot of planning um, for you know future messages and you know kind of planning out what things look like and you know I, I planned out like everything like beyond when the family and I are going on vacation but there's like three weeks that just were not as like okay God you know messages coming up due here so you know Sunday's coming when when are you gonna speak to me give me something here um, so I just like oh, okay I'll do this just pretty much because. I had to do something, right? So, you know, get something on paper so I'm prepared. And so I had that planned, and I uh, uh, changed my mind about 4 o'clock this morning because it was just kind of confirmed that there's something a little deeper that I should talk about. And, you know, I had a great... um, yeah, great Wednesday. Um, Jennifer and I uh, celebrated nine years of marriage, so that was that was good. Um, we got to go out and have dinner. Um, we splurged, so we went to Ivanhoe's. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. And the best thing about it was it was her idea. So it's like, wow, you know, okay, I can. Uh, might as well have gone to like Red Lobster as much as you pay. But hey, you know, you know, okay, you know. So that that was a good day. Um, then, you know, besides just, there was more of a struggle than just trying to plan out my messages. There was just something that I just couldn't wrap my mind around, and I still really can't figure out what was going on, but I was just kind of in a funk this week. And, you know, out of the blue, I had this young lady show up, um, and she's, I mean, you can just tell she's scared to death. Um, and you know, she's bawling. And she was like, you know, is there somewhere we can go to talk and, you know, no one else will hear me? And I'm like, well, this great place. You know, we're the only ones here. No, no one else is here. And uh, so she starts you know, sharing with me um, this story. And I don't think it was a story, but she told me, you know, an experience that she had had, and um, make a long story short, there were, you know, Satan was working on her, um, and she just felt, I mean, it was to the point where she literally felt like Satan's presence around her, and, you know, she felt like someone was following her, and I'm like, Okay, first I'm going to ask you a whole bunch of questions just to make sure I don't need to, like, call the psych ward, you know, because that's always, you know, everyone thinks they're crazy if you see something. And so, you know, I'm just talking to her, and I could just tell, like, 
this was serious. There, there was really something going on here. And, um, so I just began just to talk to her. And I was like, you know, how, you know, do you believe in, in Jesus and God? She's like, yeah, I believe in God. She's like, the reason I came to talk to someone was because I know my boyfriend only believes in God but doesn't believe in, like, hell and Satan and demons and things like that. And, and so she's like, you know, I can't talk to him. And so she's like, I just, I don't know why, but I just came here. Well, she actually attends another church in town. And I'm like, why didn't she go talk to him? And she's like, I honestly don't have a clue. I just... This is where I felt directed to go, and so I came and talked to you. And I was just talking to her, and I said, you know, this is going to sound to most people like hocus pocus. I said, but the next time you feel like that, I want you to say one thing. I want you to say, in the name of Jesus Christ, anything evil in, this, in my presence, leave. Because... You know, God's word tells us that Jesus has a power over all things, and including Satan, including evil spirits that are out there. And so just telling her, you know, if you believe in Jesus, believe in Jesus, because he's more powerful than anything that is going on in your life. And before she got ready to leave, you could just see this total like change in her and I asked her before she left I said it was okay if I pray with you she said yes please you know and so I prayed over her and and in that moment just praying Jesus we believe you have power and we are standing in faith and I'm standing in faith believing that whatever Satan is trying to do in her life that he would not have any more control over her, that, that you would have control and that you would come into her life and take control of her life and just cast out any evil in her life. And you can just hear her just start bawling. And she was just a completely different... I, mean, I honestly wish you could have like seen the difference in her demeanor from when she came in. I mean, she was literally skittish. Like, if I would have walked towards her or something, she would have walked back. I mean, she, she was scared to death. And, um, and it was just one of those moments that you could tell that God was there. And as I'm going throughout this week, I'm like, okay, God. You know, just hearing her story, if you would have heard it told from her, you know, it's one of those ones that you just get kind of like goosebumps on your arms, and it's kind of like, okay, you're freaking me out right now, you know, and I'm the pastor, so what am I supposed to do? And I'm like, okay, God, what, what am I supposed to learn from that experience right there? Because I don't fully understand everything that she experienced, and you know, it's one of those things that you've never experienced it yourself. You, you don't know what, you know, how to react to it. And I was like, okay, God, you know, teach me something through this. Um, the week goes on, still just personally struggling with something that I really can't even put my fingers on. And um, 
last weekend, um, I bought a new truck. Um, excited, my first truck, brand new truck. Um, thinking this is great, you know, I, you know, I'm happy, I'm excited about it. Uh, Jennifer wakes me up and says, someone's knocking on our front door at like four in the morning. I'm like, this, you know, what, what's this about? And Jennifer looks out the front window, and she's like, Dustin, your truck's moved. I'm like, crap. So I go to the door, and it's a police officer. You might have noticed that your uh, truck's been moved. Thanks for stating the obvious. Well, um, a drunk driver plowed into the back end of the truck last night. And, um, and he had been taken to jail. Um, he literally moved the truck about 25 feet. Um, and you may not be familiar with the area I live, but I live like right around there's a bend in the road. And so there's no, I don't know how he could have gotten enough speed to do what he did. Um, the police officer was actually checking buildings uh, or businesses up on Main Street, which was uh, eight blocks away from our house. Um, and he heard the squealing tires and the guy hit the truck. Uh, so he heard it from eight blocks away. And um, so, you know, he knew it was something big. Well, Luckily, the truck went up and to the right, missed the van about that far. His car went to the left and missed the van by about that far. Uh, so luckily, only one car damaged in the accident. And so just being frustrated to death, um, irritated like crazy. Um, and I woke up this morning and the last thing I wanted to do was come to church. The last thing I wanted to do was stand up here and, and give a message. And then I realized that's my message. Because you see, a lot of pastors, and I honestly don't feel this way because I wouldn't be sharing this if, if I felt this way. A lot of pastors, every Sunday morning, they get up and they put their best clothes on and they make themselves look all great on the outside, but are going through literally hell on the inside. But they have to put a smile on their face. They have to stand up in front of their congregations and they have to proclaim the happy gospel, if you will, when they're dead inside. They can't be real with, with the people because they can't be the leader that struggles. They can't be the person that's seen as weak. But you see, that's not the church. No pastor, no person should feel that way when they walk in the doors of a church, especially in the doors of a church. You should never feel like you walk into a place and have to put a mask on. You shouldn't have to act differently than who you really are. And that's what I, I want you guys to know is you don't have to act. I don't want you to act. I want you to be who you are because the only way that you can get help with your struggles 
is if you let your guard down and allow people to see who you are. You know, I'm not going to lie to you and say this is easy to get up here and, and tell you struggles that I go through. But I want to do that so that you can see that it's okay. That, that it's okay to struggle in life. It's okay to question things that are going on in your life. And you know, I believe there's one reason why my truck got hit last night. Because Satan lost somebody this week that he had a grip on. You see, Satan's mad at me. The devil is literally angry with me because I claimed something for Jesus that he wanted. That girl that came in, you know, I don't know if she's in church this morning. I don't know what happened after she left here. But I'm confident in my faith that Jesus has an impact on her life. Because I would not have struggled as much as I did this week. You see, Satan did not want me to find the words to proclaim today. Satan did not want me to be able to focus on the Bible and focus on God's word because he knew that if he rattled me just a little bit, I might say the wrong thing or I might not do the right thing to help this girl. But for whatever reason, Jesus was stronger than Satan. And Jesus claimed what was his. And, you know, it's a sad thing for me to be able to say, you know, the things that I was thinking this morning about my truck. Um, you know, even, you know, God gives a man a wife to um, correct him when he's being stupid. Um, because before church today, that's what it took. Um, you know, I was still angry. I, still, I, can't, I can still say I'm a little angry. But, you know, her just being real honest with me and saying, you know, could have been a lot worse. Yeah, could have been during the day. The kids could have been playing out in the front yard. You know, the guy had just picked up his girlfriend, and she was in the passenger seat. Um, and the passenger side is what hit my truck. So, you know, she could be dead, but she's not. You know, everything could obviously always be a lot worse. And, and Jennifer told me, um, Samantha kept saying, I'm just glad Daddy wasn't in the truck. And... You know, things like that give you a, a different perspective on, on what's really important. You know, I, I think about the inconvenience that it's causing me to and now go get the truck fixed. I just got rid of the stinking view that, you know, was having issues with and, you know, finally got it all fixed and ready to go. And, and now I've got to deal with this. And, 
you know, there's that frustration there, but then there's that realization that, okay, God, thank you. Because it, it wasn't me connecting the dots until about five minutes before church started. And I'm like, okay, okay, God, I, I, get, I get the bigger picture. I get the connection with the girl and the truck and the struggles this week. I get it. But you see, most people who have had a week like I've had that have struggled, they wouldn't be here today. They wouldn't have come to church. You know, I, I don't have an out because I'm paid to be here. I have to be here. But you guys, it's kind of optional. So, you know, if you struggle with something and you really don't want anyone to know about it, you can sleep in. And I'm not saying I blame people at all for doing that. I mean, because honestly, that's what I wanted to do. But you see, if I wasn't here, I probably wouldn't have made the connection. I probably would have woken up from, you know, whenever I woke out of my, you know, morning stupor and realizing, you know, I was still angry. I, Jennifer may not have had the chance to, to tell me the things that she told me this morning and, and wake me up uh, to the reality of things. But it was here in the church that I was able to see the truth in the situation and realize that I don't have to be fake. I don't want you guys to feel like you have to be fake. I don't want you to feel like you have to pretend because just as much as you think you might have to pretend and, and hide how you truly feel, Jesus comes to us exactly how we are. He doesn't want us to change before we ask him for help. He doesn't want us to fix something before we accept him into our lives. He literally wants to be invited into the mess, which to us makes no sense at all because we want to distance ourselves from the mess. But he's, he doesn't care about the mess. He cares about you. So be yourself. Be who you are. I don't want this to be the church that when we greet each other in the mornings and we say, you know, how was your day? Oh, great. And inside you're thinking, yeah, I feel miserable. I wish someone would just pick me up right now. Because we don't know what you're feeling if on the outside everything's great and a big smile on your face. Can we be real with each other? Because that's the church. That's what church is about. You know, as much as we think that everything would be great 
if everyone was just bubbly and always felt good about themselves and everything was always right and perfect in everybody's life, and we think that that would be the great church to be in. To be honest with you, it ends up being the boring church. Because there's no purpose for our own lives in the body of Christ. See, Paul tells us that each one of us is a part of the body. And he begins to, to lay out this picture of the human body and how each one of us is compared to a part of the body. You know, we, we can't say that we don't need our eyes to function. Well, you do. You need your eyes to see. Life changes and, and is totally different without your eyes than with them. And if we come in and we act like something we're not, you, you take ministry, you take being the church out of everyone else's hands. You take the ability of us to lift you up and to encourage you if you act like everything's perfect, you see, the body of Christ doesn't roll their eyes when you say you have a bad day. The body of Christ says, tell me about it. Let me, let me pray with you. Don't tell me you want to pray. I'll pray for you. Don't tell me that. That's, that's an insult because I know what's going to happen because I do it even myself all the time. I'm going to leave, I'm going to go do whatever I'm doing, and then like two months later, I'm going to realize, oh, yeah, I said I was going to pray for Joe, and I totally forgot. Stop what you're doing and pray with them. Because that is what will change them. You see, I was stressed out. I... I I didn't want to take the time to talk to that young lady this week. I had plenty of things to do. I mean, spent a whole week trying to figure out what in the world I'm going to talk about today. And plenty of other things to do. But God was able to speak into her life because of two things. Because one, I took the time to listen to her. I affirmed to her she was not crazy. I believed what she was saying was true and that it can happen and that it was a real experience for her. But the second thing was I took the time to pray for her. And to pray with her. And to now see that Satan's not happy with me. Yeah, I'm upset about the truck, but you know what? It puts a smile on my face to know that Satan's not happy with me. Because that tells me I was in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing at the right time, and Jesus used me because of my faithfulness to him. Not that I'm, you know, this great person to be praised. I'm not saying that. But you see, that experience right there is exactly what the body of Christ is for. 
Why didn't she go to her, her mom's house? Why, why didn't she go to her best friend's house? Why did she show up to a church? Because she knew that's where she needed to be, in the hands of God. That's the church I want to belong to. That's the church I want us to be. Can we love each other despite our differences, despite our mess? Because you see, I realize that it's in, it's in getting involved in the messiness of life that changed something about me. But it's also in being messy in life, my own mess, and being honest about it, being truthful about it, changes something in me. Because even the grip that Satan had on me this week He's now losing right now. Because I'm not giving him credit for anything except for my truck. But I'm giving Jesus credit for the power, for his love, and what he has done in my life, but more importantly, what he's done in that young lady's life. But it also wants you to realize the influence that this church is having on this community. And you can say, well, we weren't here. How, how in the world? I don't know. I can tell you this. This is the first time in four years that someone's ever walked in my door with those circumstances and, and felt that way. Why in the world did she come here? I don't know. But I guarantee you, if she did not feel comfortable in this community about this church, she would not have come here. Something's changing in this community. Something's changing in this church. I hope that you guys see the power that God has on our lives. Don't look at it as hocus pocus, please. Don't look at it as some magic trick to, to make your life better. It's not what it's about. It's about having faith and believing, truly believing that Jesus Christ has the power that he has. In the fall, we're going to do a series and we're going to look at hell. Because we talk about heaven a lot, right? We talk about all the great things of dying and going to heaven. Um, but what about hell? I mean, the Bible talks about it, but we don't want to admit that that's possibly a place that somebody could go because we want everything to be great and this beautiful picture of everyone goes to heaven. And, and, but what about hell? I mean, when I, when I look out into the world, 
And I, and I hear people say that, oh, you know, God exists, I believe in God, but not, you know, not evil, you know, evil, you know, it's like, hello, wake up. What world are you living in? It's all around us. It's everywhere. But we just, we want to think the best about everything and, and say that, it, oh, it's not there. Well, guess what? When you do that, Satan's jumping up and down cheering because he's done exactly what he wanted to do. Because you see, Jesus has no power over something that does not exist in our minds. If we don't think there's a hell, then why would we ever need to turn to Jesus? Because everything's going to be great and peachy when we die, right? But what if hell really exists? Then what? Then doesn't it make that much more important to turn to Jesus, to give our lives to Jesus, to tell people about Jesus, if there truly is a hell? If there truly is evil spirits out there? You may think, well, he's talking crazy now. Read the Bible. It's in there. It's there. It's reality. Don't just simply tell yourself something because you don't want it to exist. It exists. You know, I, I would love to tell you that this week did not happen. I would love to act like this week did not happen. But the more I talk about it, I'm realizing it's even more reality to me than I want it to be. Because trust me, the last thing I want to do is make Satan mad at me. Because he can do a whole lot more things than just simply damage a truck in my life. There are things that are a whole lot more important to me than a truck that he could hurt. And I don't want that to happen. But you see, there's something even bigger than that. Is if I sit back and I do nothing, if I don't proclaim the truth that I've been called to proclaim in Jesus Christ, if I don't speak life into people's lives, if I, if I don't tell you the truth about the existence of heaven and a hell, if I don't teach you the truth about what God truly says, then I am doing nothing but allowing Satan to win. And that's not what I want to do, and I certainly believe that's that not what you want me to do. Lives change when we're real with each other. Lives change when we care about each other enough to tell you the truth. Quite frankly, when Jennifer talked to me this morning, I did not like her. This is what we always we tell each other this a lot. I don't like you right now. I may love you, but I do not like you right now. I didn't like what she was saying to me. I knew it was true, but I didn't want to admit it. 
I didn't want to admit that I was wrong, that I was taking things the wrong way, that I wasn't looking at the truly big picture in the matter. But you know what? She loved me enough to tell me the truth. She could have let me just rant all day long and, you know, totally agreed with everything I was saying and then walked away and said, that idiot doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm sure she does that anyway. But but she loved me enough to tell me the truth. And see, the body of Christ realizes that even though I don't like what they said to me, I realize they love me because they were just telling me the truth. Because you see, a best friend doesn't answer the phone and listen to you gripe and complain about everything. And then when you're, you're talking about the other person, just continue to bash that person along with you. You see, a, a best friend tells you, did you ever think about this, that maybe you could be the one in the wrong? See, a best friend isn't the person who always makes you happy, isn't the one who always tells you what you want to hear. A best friend is the person who makes you angry at times because of how honest they are with you. Because, see, they love you enough to possibly cost them their relationship with you. To tell you the truth so that you can be the best person that you can possibly be. You see, my words today would not have been what God wanted me to say if Jennifer hadn't loved me enough to tell me the truth. I hate it, but I'm so thankful for it. It doesn't make sense. But you see, I'm, I'm leaving here today. I'm leaving the place I did not want to be closer to Jesus because I came, because I was lifted up, because I was blessed to, to hear you guys sing, to hear the music, to, to hear the reading of God's word, to, to see your lives, to see what you're doing in each other's lives, to see how, you know, an example of Stephen and his impact on your guys' lives. Those are things that change your life. But if you seclude yourself from them, if you distance yourself from them because you're afraid of what you think we might think of you, you only let Satan win. I don't want to be a church that does that because that's not the church. That's not what God has called us to. So we're going to be real with each other and we're going to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ and we're going to take the hit when Satan gets angry at us. Because we're going to remind each other of the bigger picture. And I'm still excited to say that I am pumped at what Jesus has done in that woman's life. Guys, if you come up.
Let's pray together. Jesus, I, I thank you for, for a loving place to come to worship you. I thank you for using me in a way that I really didn't even fully understand until now. And maybe not even fully under, even understand it. But Jesus, I thank you for this young lady and for her willingness to be weak. To come to a place looking for truth, looking for answers in her life. I thank you for her willingness to not let Satan have control of her life. Jesus, I continue to pray for her and that you would just watch over her. I pray that your hand of control and guidance and power would be upon her and that Satan would not have any power in her life. Jesus, I pray for the people here and the people that are part of this body of Christ that are not here. I pray that we would be a people who are real with each other, that we love each other despite our faults, despite the messiness of each of our lives. I pray that we would just be honest with who we are so that we can drop the facade and just grow closer to each other and closer to you. Jesus, I thank you for these people here today and their willingness to sit and, and to listen to my heart. I thank you for the love that, that I have felt in this room today. And Jesus, I know that you are in control. I know that you, that you love each one of us as much as you could possibly love each one of us. And I know that your hand of guidance and protection is upon our lives. And, and Jesus, I stand here confident in faith, knowing and believing that you have control of our lives. And that the simple name of Jesus Christ can cast out any evil in our presence. I thank you, Jesus, for loving us enough to have that power in your name. God, be glorified in our lives as we go. Amen.